With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We stream it live on YouTube, we on Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Welcome in, people. Welcome in. Today, we jump back into the lab. That's right, your boy Sky, the science guy, Patrick No C. Walker, coming back through. Talk about OTA, some under the radar OTA items. Yes, indeed. Make sure y'all stick around for that. In the roundup, the Cowboys pack their pockets got fat. I'm going to tell you what, that, what I mean by that. And then a young pup gets some positive recognition and some positive respect from one of these analysts out there. Respected analysts, by the way. But yes, sir, today's meat potatoes of the show. We got Patrick Nosey Walker back on DallasCowboys.com. Does an outstanding job covering the team down there. We'll be talking about some under-the-radar items uh, that he saw when he was at practice last week and then what to look for in today's practice because today begins the second week of OTAs in the second session that the media is allowed to take part of and uh, they'll likely tweet about it, have articles and everything, and we'll talk about it probably tomorrow. So, uh, you know, we should definitely appreciate these things because unlike some other teams, we're not allowed, we as in the Cowboys media, is not allowed to be down there uh, for every single practice. So uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. And I usually try to get somebody on here that has a first, you know, bird's eye view of what's happening and no seed just so happens to be a part of the scientific method. So, of course, we'll get into that. But good morning, Bomb Squad. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? Let's jump right into this roundup, though, because we got to come out of it, and we'll get Pat at the top of the hour. And we got two items to discuss in the roundup that I think will carry us all the way through. So uh, let's do it. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It is time for... It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. If I had a money button, I'd press it right now, but I don't got the money button for me. But the Cowboys will get an additional $10 plus million in cap space today. Well, probably tomorrow. but <laughs> And it's because of Ezekiel Elliott. He was released earlier in the year, if you guys remember, which... Releasing him and designating him a June 1st cut worked out for both teams. It's supposed to work out for both sides. Zeke gets a chance to uh, look into the free agent market and, and 
possibly sign on, latch on to another team. Didn't happen yet, but eventually I'm sure it will. Might even be back here. Another discussion for another day. But now it's time to pay the piper, though. Uh, he was designated to June 1st. Today is June, June 1st. So come tomorrow, the Cowboys will get that 10 plus million in cap space. Here's the pro. They get about actually almost 11. It's 10.9 million in cap space. And that will put their cap number at $21.4 million. The catch, they'll count $6 million next year via the dead, the dead money. So Cowboys are very familiar with dead money. It, they usually carry some sort of it. Uh, and most teams do, but Dallas is usually floating around the top uh, most of the seasons. Now, KD, who's one of the best, if not the best cap guys in the business, man, and breaking down the numbers, uh, he had this to say in his latest article, quote, if Dallas had released Elliott outright earlier in the spring, they would have gotten the relief of $10.9 million immediately, but 6.4 of it would have accelerated onto the 2023 cap. Thus, the Cowboys would have only received $4.8 million in savings to use immediately. But no dead money next year. So in layman's terms, they decided to get $11 million post June 1st, as opposed to essentially $4.8 million a couple months ago. What are they going to do with that $11 million? Probably use it to extend their top guys, right? You got the digs coming up, uh, CD Lamb or the two, and then Terrence Steele. They could use some of that money to, to put into one of or all of uh, those guys. And, you know, they need some bread for some veteran insurance, but they, they kind of had that already. But they're going to sign likely a veteran guy in training camp. They do it pretty much every year. Uh, if they don't, then they can carry that over, right? And then just to have some money in your pocket in case you need to sign some guys during the season. So I like this. I like the way they went about it because they'll have that $11 million to do what they need to do with it as opposed to only four. Um, four and some change. So when the Cowboys do stuff like this, you could, you could probably say this is Stephen Jones' favorite day of the year. That boy went crazy. Cowboy love his pie, man. He love his pie. Got about $11 million extra to that pie, too. talk about what Bucky Brooks had to say about one of our guys here Tyler Smith he made his 2023 all breakout team I thought it was interesting because some would say he broke out in his rookie year you know having to deal with what he had to deal with but here's what uh Bucky Brooks had to say about Tyler Smith heading into 2023 quote Built as a raw athlete following his selection as the number 24 overall pick, Smith exceeded expectations by displaying versatility and positional flexibility as a rookie. Smith's ability to seamlessly flip-flop between guard and tackle helps Mike McCarthy put his best five blockers on the field. In addition, his impressive work on the edges gives the Cowboys an insurance policy to protect against another Tyron Smith injury at left tackle the younger smith could really see his star rise with continued technical refinement in 2023 good to see some some folk 
outside of the fan base in the building putting the spotlight on on Tyler Smith I, I thought he had a fantastic gear given the situation uh being thrown in the fire without having to play left tackle and to see that it's being recognized that he has that versatility and and it's only gonna get better you know the year two jump from most players is real and then he has that raw ability and talent to go go with being a coachable guy Tyler Smith on up and up here's a funny thing I, I thought was interesting on his list too though y'all know who else made that list a strange what a strange careers guys having Connor Williams made that list yeah Bucky had Connor Williams on that list as a breakout player for the Dolphins as a center and when I was reading what he said about him he listed he listed power as one of the things and I'm like what the hell was that power with Dallas I'm not going to sit here and act like I've watched Connor Williams uh, in Miami I, I did not intently watch a single snap of Connor Williams at center now I watched the playoff games I watched you know games where they were on TV and whatnot but I wasn't looking at Connor Williams so I have no idea how he played but according to all metrics and, and guys like Bucky he had a pretty solid year at center and, he, and they believe he's going to uh, get even better and I just think it's hilarious because in 2022 with about two weeks left in the season they said hey Connor can can you try it can you try out at center whatever you need coach he was a disaster two years later he's on the breakout team for center so good for Connor Williams uh wish him nothing but the best in my law nation voice yes yes nothing but the best for Connor Williams man and the other Connor too two Connors Dallas is trying to replace two Connors by the way but that's neither here nor there so that is today's morning roundup Cowboys get 10.9 million almost 11 million in cap space and Tyler Smith is on the breakout list let me ask you about the let's kind of go back a little bit about the the cap space the Cowboys will be receiving I tend to believe this is going to be for extensions but should Dallas use this for free agents to to improve their roster I know the very first name is going to pop up is going to be D hop new copies I, I don't I don't think that's the case but hey look they got they got extra money now what would you do Cowboys Nation with that extra 11 million now you're going to be up to 21.4 ish million dollars in cap space what would you do with that money me I'm going to CD and I'm going to to, to Trayvon and I'm, and I'm trying to get something worked out I'm trying to get this locked up so we don't have to deal with this next offseason they don't have to deal with this during the season now Diggs is the most pressing one because he he's a free agent after the season so you can probably you know wait a little bit on on uh cd lamb but you don't want to wait too long because he's going to cost you roughly 18 million next year on the cap and you can get that knocked down significantly by extending him so what would you do with that money that's another one too gregory uh extending Dak will create more money next year as well uh but the thing about the extension for Dak, it actually they don't even need the extra money to do it they they will receive extra money in cap space by just doing it if that makes sense now they'll have I don't even know if that's considered that's why i need kd on here i don't know if the 10 million will be considered liquid so 
they can use that to a will give you a bonus or what have you uh but i'm pretty sure they already got some of that money in the tuck uh zotan said trade for a real veteran at left guard i mean i i i'd do that even if they didn't have the extra bread you know what i mean i would do that for sure looks like a lot of people are on the pay cd and digs train yeah for sure what about steel this is actually the perfect time for the cowboys to to extend terrence steel ah man you're coming off an injury you know not quite sure what you're going to be you know when you come back from the acl but we believe in you terrence take this four years 38 dollars as my guy Vach would say you know and, and and getting for the cheap that's what they like to do i think this would be a perfect time to, to go out if i'm the cowboys to go there and try to extend terrence still now terrence might say you know screw you i'm coming back i'm gonna play either you're gonna pay me what i think i'm worth or i'll go into free agency next year but i would definitely try to extend it. t-dub wants to see still do it again before before i pay him hey you know look t-dub i think either way it's a risk right if you look at it that way like it's a risk because he, he tore his acl you don't know what he's going to be it's a risk if he come out here and ball and now you got to pay you know top five market market value they got to find a way to meet the middle and they used to be good at that they used to you know go to guys like terrence Steele and get ahead of these things but i really thought last year was the time to do it i, I truly did i thought he showed enough last year to say i'm like that at right tackle you know Whereas last year, you could have said, hey, Terrence, let me see you do it again. Because he had a productive 2021 year. Let me see you do it in 2022. He did it. So to me, he proved that he, he's worthy of an extension. And I don't see an ACL really hindering his ability moving forward. And we'll talk about that with Pat here, too, as well. I agree, Paul. I 100% agree. This, Paul says, still will get a big bag on a different team. We we know how scarce it is to have linemen of his caliber in this league and, and if he hits the market at age 25 26 something like that um relatively healthy guy until somebody fell into him and he you know tore his acl that type of athleticism that type of run blocker oh man they'd be they'd be lining up beside him lining up tom wants to get the dac deal done uh, that makes all of this so much easier. Yeah, Dax, Dax deal, if he gets that extension, the cap space that it's going to open up for next year is going to be massive. And if they were to carry over, say they don't touch anybody. They have just $21 million. They might sign a veteran. Um, you know, paying their rookies, which already are paid. Everybody's under contract. Say they go into the end of the season, and they got roughly $14, 15000000 million. Add that on top of what you can get by extending that and, and then doing some other buttons that you can press. Once again, they can go into free agency really doing whatever they want to do, even with signing a digs and a CD lamb, because if you extend them, you're actually pushing that massive cap hit down the road a few years. So that immediate cap hit is not is not extensive to where you're like, ah, we can't go sign one of the top free agents. So. What's good, Frankly Football in the building? DD says, sign CD, have the non-exclusive tag for digs if needed. 
That is on the table, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the tag is, is a thought possibility for one Stephen Jones, a.k.a. Catboy. Spock says he proved it in his absence also because the run game fell off. I, I agree with you, Spock. I don't think Terrence has anything else to prove, in my opinion. I thought the prove it year was 2022. You know, 2020, terrible rookie season. Saw some, some hope towards the end. 2021, did a bang up job filling in for uh collins to the point where it was debating still collins still collins 2022 slam dunk H had a slam dunk year at right tackle one of the most underrated offensive linemen i think in the league now now it's time to make sure you lock that guy up lock him up i agree cost oh that's a big one paul paul says plus he's not lazy He's not lazy. Uh, Tom says, Sky Finance having more options is more valuable. Stand Dak digs, and next year you have so many more options. That's the that's the, the look at it, right? That's the that's the whole point of extending that guy. You know, Diggs doesn't necessarily free up anything for next year because he's not on the books for next year. But but Dak frees up a ton of money, a ton of money. Uh, a boogie says Trayvon proved himself before CD. What does that mean? <laughs> they both up for pay. They got to get paid. Are you saying that you, 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 you're not going to pay CD? You're going to pay CD too. You're going to pay both of these dudes. CD just has a fifth year option. So you don't have to pay him right now. Uh, you got to pay Trayvon or you got to tag him. But whether somebody proved whatever, I mean, I, I mean, look, CD lamb has had three straight 900 plus yard seasons and each year he's increased. I don't, I don't know what that means there, brother. Don't know what that means. If you're just hopping in, coming up here shortly, we got Pat joining us for the scientific method. Talking about under the radar items from OTAs. That's right. Bird's eye view down there. Uh, Pat Walker of DallasCowboys.com. And with that said, man, I mean, look, man, it's just like perfect timing here, brother. Just like perfect timing. I bring up Pat and he comes like the, like the genie. He says his name three times and he's here. So ladies and gentlemen, Without further ado, Patrick Nosey Walker in the Scientific Method. <laughs> we got the voice of the star in the building, Cowboys Nation. Come on, man. That's my vibe. On this beautiful Thursday. It's it's always nice to get your vibe and right before you head to the star, give us you know it. goodness, man. You know it. You always get me right on Thursday, hey, brother. On, brother. That's come my on. vibe right there. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? What's up, Steel? How you doing, bro? Hey, bless man. No complaints. No complaints. Hey, for everybody, real quick, for everybody who hasn't checked out the conversation yet, the conversation with the K mental health podcast make sure you check that out on patreon download the patreon app or go to patreon.com backslash the conversation the debut episode Powerful. um yeah it, it dropped this past weekend memorial day weekend had two military veterans who shared their stories and they opened up and uh just just go check it out man it will absolutely help you in some capacity so yeah check that out no lies told right there man that, that was the word i was going to bring up prior to coming in uh it was a powerful debut brother power yep thank you i appreciate that man that was uh that hit home in a lot of ways for me that was a tough one but that's the purpose of the conversation right. is to have those tough talks so that you know uh we as humans 
can can improve upon this mental health thing. But especially we as men who, you know, typically have a hard time with letting go of stigmas and taboos and, you know, the tough guy, you know, whatever, whatever. So, you know, man up. And to me, man up is M-H-A-N, mental health awareness now. Man up. That's what man up should mean. You, Get your help. Get your help. Acronyms go crazy, man. You just, hey, you, man, you know bars, baby. <laughs> bars, baby. <laughs> Hey, that's uh, another story. Let's let's get to these cowboys. That, means, that yeah. means he was, y'all. Yeah. Uh, look, yeah. let's 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 talk about before we get into some of the, the the goodness. Let's talk about the availability of some of the players that that was there. A lot of uh, guys like the Zach Martins and, and the Fowlers and Diggs, they weren't there. Uh, but the two big names that everybody really wants to know about is the injury guys, the Terrence yeah. Stills yeah. and the Tony Pollards. Did you did you? get a look at those guys and feel a little bit better uh, after viewing? I do. I feel great about those two guys. Now, uh, Tony Pollard was actually able to take reps with the first team. So he has progressed to the point where he's not only on the field running drills, but he's taking actual reps and not with the second team as he tries to get some win back. Nope. He's out there with Dak Prescott and those uh, first teamers. So good stuff for him. He got several reps in. Uh, I counted at least 10 reps and then he kind of, he was pulled by Britt Brown and the training staff so he can you know, continue his rehabilitation from that fractured leg that he suffered in January. But he looks good. He looks, you know, not only is he tracking well, um, he's ahead of schedule. Now, Terrence Steele, Terrence Steele is also tracking well. Um, they say Terrence Steele is ahead of schedule. He was not taking reps last week. We'll see what that looks like today because media availability for this final week of OTAs is today. I'm curious to see if he gets on the field. Um, But I did have a good conversation with Terrence on yesterday at media day. And I asked, you know, just basically how are you doing, how are you feeling, where are you at in the process? Uh, And he said he feels great. He said, he quote unquote, I'm ahead of schedule. Um, That's what you love to hear uh, from your starting right tackle. At least it's my starting right tackle. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, So Terrence Steele and uh, Tony Polly, they are both looking healthy, Uh, not medically clear just yet, but Pollard is further along because he's already taking reps. But again, I'll keep an eye out for Terrence Steele today to see if he takes the field as well. No, 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 no. We're going to make that a conversation for right now real quick because mm. I, I saw in your article, and, and, and I pointed this out, I'm going to make sure I put this in the note. Quote, jury isn't out on Steele being right tackle one come September because this is a lot of talk about that situation. So what makes you feel like that? Because that's what needs to happen. <clears throat> cool. <laughs> um and I realize that a lot of times common sense isn't common, but um, I, I believe that Coach McCarthy uh, does not lack for common sense. And I think that while Terrence Steele is absent from these reps, and again, we'll see if he's absent um, for today's practice, but even if he isn't, even if he takes some reps, don't you know assume he's going to take the entirety of practice. So when he's on the sideline, this is the, t- the time that we talked about a couple weeks ago. This is the time for the Cowboys to experiment yeah. at different positions across the line to see who can do what, especially if Zach Martin is not quite back in OTAs just yet. He was, you know, set out because it's Zach Martin. He doesn't, I mean, it's Zach Martin. All right. So if Zach Martin and Terrence Steele are out, you're going to see these, you know, these variations that you're likely not going to see come September. You're not going to see Josh Ball as your right guard in September but he was taking reps at right guard uh, last week in OTAs. That's a perfect example of what I mean. So you're going to see 
Tyler Smith takes some uh, reps at left guard for obvious reasons, takes some uh, reps at left tackle for obvious reasons. But these younger guys are getting reps as well. Matt Willetsko uh, getting some swing tackle reps. Uh, Matt Farniak, he's getting some reps at left guard in addition to center. So you're going to see these kinds of variations. But at the end of the day, I'm standing on this hill. I'm willing to die on this hill. The best five for your offensive line goes as follows. Tyron, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biadish, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. Anything outside of that, you have to tell me that there's an injury involved. Because without an injury involved, I don't see how you come off of that rotation. Facts. And that's the conversation that we have been having over the last couple of days was, was that rotation. Now, you know, what was one of the under-the-radar things that you noticed during that whole, uh, you know, experimental uh, day from the offensive line? You brought up Willetsko. Mm-hmm. Did Willetsko, did, did he look like he improved in his strength? Did he look bigger? Did he look leaner or anything like that? Well, he, he looks good to start. And mm-hmm. I have to put a, a an asterisk next to that because keep in mind, he's coming off of uh, a shoulder subluxation, and it actually happened twice last year. So, uh being that he finally got that surgically repaired, you're looking at a situation where he had to rebuild strength in his rehab, and now he's looking to rebuild that game strength, right, going up right. against guys, because that's different than slinging iron in the weight room. He has to go up against guys. So give him a couple weeks or so, maybe through mini camp, and I'm really looking toward him at training camp before I start to make any kind of assessment on what his where his needle is pointed. But um, Awesome Richards got some some reps at left guard, and quite as it's kept, he got some reps at left tackle as well. There's that flexibility that the Cowboys mm-hmm. are looking for from him. Uh, Will McClay told me definitively that Richards, the rookie fifth-round pick, would get reps in both positions in training camp. That's already started. Um, so Matt Farniak, I keep saying that name because, folks, you need to keep an eye on him. He has it as good a shot as any um, to challenge Chuma Idoga for the left guard position, to challenge Austin Richards, the incoming rookie, for reps at left guard behind Tyler Smith, ideally, um, on an injury-free offensive line, um, looking at those as backups. So uh, just things to keep in mind going forward. But as far as circling back to Terrence Steele, I know what the depth chart might say. And listen, <laughs> don't don't focus on the depth chart that's on the website. Just just don't. It's not. <laughs> it, it is June 1st. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is June 1st. Okay, let things sort themselves out over this OTA and mandatory minicamp and training camp and preseason. You've got a lot of time left before you get to September. And if Terrence Steele continues to track how he is right now, it's it, there's no question he's the he's a better right tackle than Tyron Smith is, even though Tyron Smith is a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But he got there as a left tackle. Mm-hmm. So let's not shake the boat unnecessarily. Let's not overthink it. Is what I'm R-E-L-A-X. Blacks. Mm. Let it play out, man. Relax. Relax. Don't don't focus on the depth chart. On come on. Come on. Stop it. Stop let's, it. Let's get the camp and Stop then we it. then we have conversations. Yeah. Uh, but, but I want to have a conversation about a guy who, and this might sound strange, Pat. Stefan Gilmore feels underrated right now. He feels <laughs> under the radar. It, I, I don't know if it's national media. I, I don't know, but but this isn't this just doesn't feel as big as it needs to be. And now you finally got down there to see him moving around. They're not hitting <laughs> or anything like that. But I mean, just talk about what you saw with Stefan Gilmore, man. Man, that dude is striding. Come on, I, I mean, it is effortless. He, it's 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 effortless. Um, for those that are wondering if he's quote unquote washed, like I said last episode, it looks dry clean to me. You crisp, um, and his press coverage bars, um, is as good as it's <laughs> ever been. Right. So they had him moving around. Uh, Stephon Gilmore was they had him up against CeeDee Lamb 
uh, a few times last week for obvious reasons. They had him up against Michael Gallup, completely different type of receiver, more physical, a little bit stronger, not as quick as CeeDee Lamb. So he got tested in those capacities. But they also had him going up against, uh, and this is an under-the-radar under the radar guy. Message. Semi Fajoko. I, I keep saying it. And I'm not, I got you. Put yeah, a pit in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Semi Fajoko was, was going up against Stefan Gilmore as well. So no coincidence there. Yeah. Read those tea leaves however you like. Um, but Stefan Gilmore, he was, he was going up against some guys. He was on the outside. He actually took a couple in the slot as well, which was very interesting uh, to see for me because in those situations where he dropped down in the slot, this goes to one of my top under the radar points that I was going to make coming in. Deron Bland. Deron mm. Bland was seen taking some snips some steps uh on the boundary he was taking reps on the outside uh, so as you know deron bland when jordan lewis went down last year he was the definitive nickel guy and had the breakout season so stands to logic stands to reason that deron bland and jordan lewis would kind of challenge each other for that starting position at nickel um, but then you see deron bland taking reps uh, outside the hashes and then you you know kind of get that Birdman hand rub thing going on like wait a minute now are we saying that you know obviously trevon diggs is going to be relegated to the outside only but stefan gilmore and deron bland or stefan gilmore jordan lewis whatever that rotation might right. be at any given point you might see gilmore challenging some of the bigger slots when that time comes and if so then you might see deron bland challenging some of the smaller speedy receivers on the outside so it's, it's getting fun it's getting spicy already when you start to talk about things like that yeah when i had deron on the show to, to talk about his flexibility I, I was impressed with his ability to be ready uh, for for outside work, inside work, whatever they ask for him. And then what happened come playoffs? Hey, Deron, we need you to go outside. And he locks, exactly. he locks Ish down outside and allows McQuamu to come in and play the bigger slot. So his flexibility, it, like you said, could be one of the under-radar things on his team. Most most diff. And it's, it's going to um, – it only helps the Cowboys because then they get to mix things up as far as matchups are concerned. And as you well know, this is a game that's about matchups and not just team versus team, but – uh, in between the lines, man versus man. Yeah. So uh, in those situations like I'm talking about, and like you just mentioned, when you have a bigger slot uh, in the postseason, you dropped Izzy McQuamu down there. Well, now you have Stephon Gilmore, and if he's showing you uh, a good bit in OTA's minicamp training camp as far as if he's dropped in the slot against those bigger slot receivers that he can perform, then that allows you the flexibility to say, okay, if this is a, a set with a bigger slot receiver, but they have a speedster on the outside, uh, e.g. Tyreek Hill or something like that, yeah. Deron Bland can not only get physical with them at the press, but they can, I'm not going to say he can go step for step with Tyreek, but he can make life difficult and probably more difficult than Stefan would against a guy like Tyreek because of the size matchup uh, and the, the quickness. But Gilmore looks, he looks great. Uh, dare I say it, he looks fantastic already. And again, I don't know why the narrative is that he's watched when on a on a indie defense that um, outside of Shaquille Leonard didn't really offer much. He had a, a career season, um, Buckner, yeah. uh, at least a season that was comparable to some of his prime years. So, yeah, and Buckner, obviously DeForest. Yeah, yeah. shouts out to DeForest. But outside of those two guys, Stephon Gilmore was tasked with doing much more than he's going to be tasked with doing now. You, you mentioned DeFore, DeForest Buckner. I mentioned Shaq Leonard. Okay, well, that's a linebacker and, and a defensive end or defensive lineman. Who was the compliment, complimentary corner to Gilmore in that Nobody. defense? 
Um, they lost their nickel guy, so so Gilmore was kind of having to move around a bit. Right, and their safety unit, not that it's it's trash, but it's not this it's safety not this unit. unit. No. So I say all of that to say Gilmore is coming into a situation where the safety unit is wildly upgraded over the Indianapolis Colts. The defensive line, even factoring in DeForest Buckner, is wildly, wildly upgraded and loaded here in Dallas. The linebacker core uh, outside of Shaq Leonard is is better. They're still trying to figure out, you know, below Damone Clark, but – uh, outside of Shaq Leonard, that's the one guy. At least here you have LVE and you have Damone Clark, and then you figure out the rest, see what DeMarvion Overshone and some of these other guys can do, Jabril Cox. Um, but as a whole, Stefan is not being asked to be that guy or even that guy number two. He's just asked to come in and just play primo ball and, and get to you know fly around and, and take the ball away and make PBUs, and I think he's ready to do it. Looks like he's ready to do it. When I listen to him, man, the first thing that pops in my head is just how smart he is as, as a player. Like he's already physically gifted, but you wrote you wrote an article, your latest one on Stefan, and, and he says something in there about how, hey man, I'm just figuring out right now where my teammates are going to be. And once he figures that out, like that's not a small feat. Once he has that mental part down, this guy could end up possibly leading your damn team in interceptions just because where are you throwing the ball to? <laughs> you know what Correct. I mean? Who are you throwing at? Who are you throwing it to? Who are you throwing it to? And he's already shown he can take the ball away. Yes. I mean, he showed it in New England, former NFL defensive player of the year, multi-time pro bowler, multi-time first team all pro. He knows how to play the game. He's not over the, the hill as far as football age is concerned. His production certainly does not hint at him being over the hill. Mm -hmm. So for him, it's, it's completely about figuring out the chemistry um, as far as the guys behind him, the yep. guys in front of him, the timing. If I move here, Deron Bland has a tendency to do this. If I'm in the slot and I move here, Trevon Diggs has a tendency to do that. And that's what OTAs and minicamp and training camp are for. That's for refining all of these, these, this chemistry, this timing, gelling with these guys. So I'm 100% confident by the time um, the regular season arrives, you're talking about a veteran like Stephon Gilmore who – uh, was once one of the best in the league and still is, to me, yes. one of the best in the league. He's he's going to pick it up. He's going to pick it up quickly as far as the, the playbook and just knowing where his teammates are going to be. It's not his first rodeo. Not at all. Uh, you talked about matchups, man. And, and the league seems to be trending more towards matchups being the, the primary week-in, week-out game plan. And I feel like Dan Quinn might have been a bit ahead of the curve on that. I mean, his defense is is based on being able to match up with what you're able to do. I'm going to flip it, though, to the other side. Uh, shout out to two Aisha, my, my twin is what we call each other. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, uh, she brought up a little nugget from, from uh, training, or not training camp, from OTAs last week and said she was surprised how much work Hunter Lipke got <laughs> with the ones. And when I think about matchup and I, and I think about San Fran, right, and how they use Kyle Juszczyk, you got a chance to see him out there. Was he moving around like a, like a Kyle Juszczyk type? Yes. Um, for those that follow me at Voice of the Star, shameless plug. And if you're not following me, what are we doing? What are we even here for? Um, I tweeted an answer to someone who asked how Hunter Lipke looked in, in uh, OTAs last week. And they were asking if he was going to make the roster. And this goes to, you know, the, the roster equation as it relates to Deuce Vaughn versus Kevontae Turpin yeah. versus Hunter Lemke versus how many wide receivers are they going to carry? How many running backs do they want to carry? Are they going to run light here so they can run heavy there, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I have a lot of confidence that Lipke is going to make the team. The Cowboys are going to figure out how to get him on the team. Why? It's because from what I'm, what I saw in his collegiate film, 
is transferring over to OTAs thus far. We'll see if it continues, but he's not simply a fullback. He's just not simply a fullback. I call him a flexed back. He can do, he can be an H back. He can play out of the slot. Um, he can catch passes downfield. He can catch passes out of the backfield. And he's a good blocker, obviously, fullback capacity. So because he can be played in a lot of different ways and a lot of different scenarios that don't tip the Cowboys' hand, because just because Hunter Lipke is on the field does not mean it's a run play. And that's the kind of unpredictability that gets you touchdowns and big plays and things like that. You're keeping linebackers on their heels. You're keeping the secondary on their heels. Hell, you're keeping the edge rushers on their heels because they don't know if this guy is going to leak out to a bubble screen or if he's going to sit back there and block for Dak Prescott. So Tony Pollard uh, or Ronald you know, Jones can go up the air big gap. So um, Hunter Lipke, he was doing primarily blocking duties, but I also saw him leak out of the backfield a couple times and he has soft hands. He has quickness, a little bit of speed there. So keep an eye on that guy as well. He's going to make it difficult for somebody to get a roster spot. And that's just a fact. Yeah. If if he, if he does make this team, I said the other day, I think he adds versatility to the Cowboys basic personnel packages. And that's basically what the Niners do. They they don't come out in a bunch of Tons, tons of packages. They come out with the same players. Uh-huh. They just, and they just move. They just, right. They use yeah. them. They move them around. They flex them around. Yeah. But it's it's ultimately like the same one, two, or three packages. And yep. it's just kind of like, guess what we're going to do next? I dare you to guess. I dare you to guess. So it's a, what Kyle Shanahan runs is a, a simple offense as far as base is concerned, but a ton of movement and misdirection. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I would love to see the Cowboys do that as well. And with players like Deuce Vaughn, um, in the building now with Hunter Lipke in the building now with a true, um, at least a true three-headed. I know Sean McEwen is going to be in the equation as far as that four-headed uh, tight end room. But Schoonmaker, Ferguson, and Hendershot, those are all guys who can make plays. So you have so many weapons. Brandon Cooks is on the field yeah. as well now. Cavante um, Turpin, another under-the-radar situation uh, that I made a note of. Cavante was getting quite a bit of reps on offense last Thursday during the open media uh, version of OTAs. Okay. We'll, yeah, we'll see if that continues as well. And they weren't all jet sweeps. There were a couple of jet sweeps and reverses, but uh, he was he was operating at the second level as well. A couple of end routes, you know, at least one go route. So, and I spoke with Cavante in the locker room after, and he did tell me that that is a a concerted point of emphasis for the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. He and McCarthy during Turpin's exit interview uh, last this past January, McCarthy basically intimated that the reason they one of the reasons I should say that they didn't utilize him heavily on offense or much of much at all on offense is because keep in mind he came from the USFL MVP season right in the training camp. He had like a 10 day break and that was it. So they really just didn't want to burn the guy out, um, which is how it was framed to me. So he did say McCarthy said, hey, go get your rest in and we'll. We'll start, you know, unleashing some of these offensive packages for you here in the offseason program, and we'll see where it goes. So it's already begun. Cavante Turpin is seeing some reps with both the second team, a couple with the first team. Keep an eye on that because they might actually start using him. Now that he's had a full offseason of rest and his body is recovered and rested, uh, Cavante Turpin is running with a full tank, ladies and gentlemen. If he can, because I think he's going to have to be able to be a part of his offense. If he can make himself a part of this offense and you look at the skill positions the, from the an explosive standpoint or uh, versatility standpoint, Lipke's not an explosive guy, but for what he does, he he, he has some explosive. He's an explosive tool, right? fullback. Fullback, right. Yeah. So if you can get Turpin involved. Now, we, we were begging for Turpin to be involved last year because we lacked a, a bunch of guys that can get out there besides CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. right? So you throw right. him in the equation. CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard. That's four guys. You throw in Brandon Cooks. 
I can't really remember uh, a season where there was this collective group of, of potential explosive type weapons that could be used, but they got to use them. You know, they yeah. can't just sit turping down and not use them because then he's just taking a roster spot up if he's going to be calling fair catches, which apparently he ain't calling fair catches. Well, yeah, yeah, that's another <laughs> thing I asked him about. I asked him about the uh, the new fair catch rule, and he was like, it doesn't apply to me because I'm not fair catching a damn thing. Yeah. So, um, But let, let's be clear on something. Uh, and I see the questions coming up in the chat here, and I get the questions on Twitter, and I see uh, just the narrative of it all when it comes to Kevontae Turpin. Turpin is not being cut. He, he's going to make the roster. This is a guy who was a Pro Bowl rookie after having virtually no rest coming off of an MVP season from an entirely different league. So the question is, if he can do that on a tired, battered and bruised body, you have to wonder what he can do on a rested body with a full tank. And the Cowboys do. They wonder. They want to know. And that's why they're trying to see if they can get him active in other ways as well. But even if he doesn't take, even if Kevontae Turpin doesn't take a single rep on offense, he's still going to take a roster spot because he is your returner. People are saying, is it Deuce versus Kevontae? I said this before I went into OTA practice last Thursday. I said, no, it is not Deuce versus Kevontae. If you, if you uh, watch Talking Cowboys, I said it, and I'm saying it again here. I said it last week. From the return game, Deuce is being treated more as insurance for Kevontae Turpin, not direct competition. Evidence. Last Thursday, I sat there for the entirety of the 90-minute practice, an hour, 90 minutes, however long that was. And I, I, when it came to special teams, they had them split. Uh, one half was on this 50 to the left. The other half, other half was on this 50 to the right. Deuce Vaughn was on this 50 to the right. Kevontae Turpin was on this 50 to the left. On the right, it wasn't Deuce Vaughn returning. He was punt protector. He was personal protector the entire time. To the left, Gavante Turpin was the returner the entire time. Bones Faso is testing out Deuce Vaughn as a personal protector and not as a returner. It is Gavante Turpin's job until further notice. And when I say further notice, I mean he either, knock on wood, has to suffer some type of setback as far as like an injury is concerned, or when Deuce Vaughn does eventually get a rep or two as a returner, and he will because they have to, you know, refine him for that at the NFL right. level um, when he does he would have to basically just do house everything did. house everything I mean, do what Turpin did in preseason yeah he has to house everything uh -huh. but anything short of that he's simply a an insurance policy as a returner Devontae Turpin's not going anywhere I don't think Deuce Vaughn is going to go anywhere either obviously I think he's going to make the team as well but it makes for an interesting conversation when you start mixing in the Hunter Lemke talk because maybe you carry three, tight but then end, you got to yeah. run light somewhere. Do you run three tight ends? I don't know that I would because you're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, and then that means you're risking injury. you got to have insurance for injury. There's your fourth guy. Sean McEwen could put him back on the practice squad with Seth Green. These are the conversations that the Cowboys yeah. are going to have. Hey, this is why you need to tune into the scientific method, man, because Pat can give you these nuggets like this. Uh, before we before I get you out of here, Pat, um, I love how you 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 phrase this the war for wide receiver four. Mm -hmm. um, I, I call the the position fighting for four, but the war for wide receiver four, man. You said it's already off to a heated battle between yep. Tobert and a guy you mentioned earlier, Semi Fehoko, who mm -hmm. months ago I said, man, with this transition in offense and making it easier for these guys, I think Fehoko is, is is the guy to watch. I know Tobert's the pick. He's the but but Simi is the guy to watch, man, because 6'3", 2-something, 
four three speed, and I thought he came out with some sweet feet. That's what he's calling sweet feet. Yes, yeah, sweet like, feet. Civic. If he figured it out, man, there's talent there. So tell us what you saw from uh, Falco. So I, I want people to understand that. I understand the context of Semi Fuhoko in that he has to translate it to the yes. regular season. I've said it before. I will continue to say it. It is the straightforward fact. He has the ability to be your wide receiver for unequivocally, but he has to transfer it and translate it over to the regular season. Had some injury that slowed him after, you know, well, in the preseason last year after he basically dominated training camp. And I'm looking at him in OTAs last week, and here he is taking a lot of reps with the first team and in addition to the second team. But not only that, he's being targeted a lot whenever he's on the field. Will Greer is tar- targeting him. Cooper Rush is targeting him. Dak Prescott is targeting him. And then circling back to the top of the segment where I said, um, I noticed that they put Gilmore on Simi. Now, obviously, that was more of a test for Simi than it was Stefan. They wanted to see how Simi could line up against such a caliber of cornerback. And he won both of those reps. Now, Stefan was in his hip pocket both times, but you talk about sweet feet. There was the first route from, from uh, the first rep. He goes out. It's like three yards. He shimmies. Stefan slightly bites on on uh, on Simi's right hip. He takes the, the inside. Bam. Not only does he get the reception, but he gets like five, six more yards before linebackers even in the vicinity. A lot of his catches last week in the first round of OTAs um, were him not only getting separation, which is just wonderful for his size. Um, but he was also getting a lot of yak. Now, I know they can't make contact, but right. what I designate as yak in OTAs and minicamp is how many yards can you accumulate before the defender is in your personal space, right? So he was doing a lot of that. So in the battle for, in the war for WR4, Simi is taking the lead right now. Jalen Tolbert looks, he looks good as far as conditioning. Dude is ripped, like goodness. And he's focused the question for Jalen Tolbert is not skill. Mm-hmm. It's, is he beyond the deer in the headlights um, mentality that he suffered as a rookie? That was a large reason that he wasn't able to produce for the Cowboys at the wide receiver position because it was it was just a lot for him. And he will right. openly tell you this. It was deer in the headlights. It was, you know, what's going on? I'm trying my best. And then he was overcompensating. He was trying too hard. He wasn't relying on his athleticism and his, you know, muscle memory and just simply going out there and playing football. He was overthinking. Look at the, the penalty in Green Bay, for example. Overthinking, right? So Tolbert, he's going to have a, a great shot at pushing Simi in this battle um, but right now it's semi Fahoko off to a very fast start. And I mean that li- literally and figuratively. And then the rest are trying to figure out because um, a sleeper in this bunch, uh, Moreno Cropper. Cropper, that's my guy. Uh, that's a sleeper in the bunch. And you have some other guys. I mean, this is a wide receiver room that has as, as many people I, in it as a, as a parade. So I, they got to figure it out. I said this, the, the bottom of the roster fight this year is significantly tougher, I think, than last year. No, no offense to the TJ Vashers and, and Houston and Drummonds and Ty Firefogles, but but I feel like there's there's a handful of guys that have a specific skill now that are going to be fighting for that. Bo- and I'm saying bottom, I mean practice squad, because, yeah. you know, it's going to be tough to make the practice squad due to the numbers. Um, but, but circling back to Toba real quick, something that I realized w- listening to Nick Eatman, was uh, we know, and if you don't know, Tolbert is fairly new to the wide receiver position. He really didn't start playing it until later in his high school Talk career. And he got to South Alabama, and Nick was like, well, man, he, he obviously didn't figure it out South Alabama in his first year because he only had like 15 receptions. 
and then it increased each year. And I'm like, huh. So now he gets to college, figuring it out, gets to the pros, first years, figuring it out. But then you saw him kind of have that acceleration as a, as a, as a uh, college wide receiver. I wonder if he'll follow that same path. Just, okay, new environment. This is all still learning what's going on at the position. Now I'm ready to take off. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, the the history is there, as you yeah. just laid out so eloquently. So there, there's no reason um, to believe that Jalen Tolbert won't take a step forward uh, this year and in, in year two. The only question is, can his step forward equal um, what Simi Fajoko is going to be able to do? Because Simi has been here and he has the chemistry with all three of the quarterbacks, not just QB1, but QB2 and QB3 as well. Uh, he knows the system backwards and forwards, and they, they're keeping Dak's language, as Mike McCarthy says. So it's not going to be this full playbook overhaul that then levels the field between Simi and Jalen and some of these younger guys like Marino Crawford. Uh, Simi has the lead as far as familiarity is concerned. He has the lead right now as far as on the field um, prowess. And really it's on Jalen Tolbert to simply make sure that he walks in with uh, just supreme confidence that he can get the job done. You could see in his body language last year over the course of last year, his, his self-confidence really just took a hit and it wore down more and more as the season progressed as, because he just couldn't figure out yeah. um, how to play wide receiver at an NFL level. I want to see if he can do that now. He has the physical attributes to do so. But once you get in your own head, you know, you've already lost that battle. So hopefully he's climbed out much like Michael Gallup has had to climb out as well for a different reason entirely. But still, uh, once these guys climb out of their head, that's when they play their best football. And really quickly, I saw and I know that's Matt over there, Matt Owen, uh, asked about the kicker situation, asked if I'm confident um, that Tristan Vizcaino uh, will be the kicker going into uh, week one. I don't believe that's going to be the case. Now, this is not a knock to Vizcaino, but, you know, this isn't his first dance with the Cowboys. Uh, he did fairly okay last Thursday in what I observed, um, but there's more to be had there. And I'm a huge proponent. There's there's no secret. I'm a huge proponent for a kicking competition. Yeah. I need it every year. If there if there's not a Dan Bailey in the building, I need it. I need the the kicker competition. I so it. I need it. I have a mighty need. That was your SpongeBob reference. I'm yes. Gonna, yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, Will McClay said they're scouring the earth to make sure that they make the right decision as far as whom they bring in. So it doesn't sound like it's a uh, if they'll bring someone in. When. It's who and when. And for me, you got Robbie Gould out there. You got Ryan Suckup out there. But bet, be, me being a betting man, and I'm fine with either one of those two. So I'm certainly fine with the third. Mason Crosby. I mean, we talk about familiarity. Crosby, McCarthy. I mean, what Imagine. do we don't overthink it? What are we doing here? <laughs> Imagine the guy that sent the Cowboys packing in 2016 mm. at the crib. Poetic injustice, right? <laughs> Both, right? Both. Yeah. The, the head coach and the kicker, which is yeah. that'd be wild, man. That'd be. Hey, listen, I'm all for it if those two guys can help get the Cowboys this sixth ring, then look, I'm all for that kind of poetry. I'm all for that Hollywood script writing. Let's Facts. go. Facts. Hey, what time is uh, practice today? I know you about to head out. Uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference is at 11. Practice is, I believe, at 12. All right. One so second, one second. I, I like cool. to be accurate. I like to be accurate. Yep, practice is at 12. Mike McCarthy at 11. Um, and then – I'll be in the locker room talking to these guys at around 1.30. So get some more insight on what's going on. So keep my eye out for some more under-the-radar things as the Cowboys wrap up OTAs. And then next week, it's minicamp. 
Yes. Yes, mandatory, by the way. Mandatory. So, so no what do mandatory that. mean? <laughs> Gotta be there. <laughs> I mean, get your A crooked letter, crooked letter in the building. Period. So every, everybody will be there. So yeah. next week, mini camp, and we'll wrap up uh, OTAs this week. So when we're talking this time next week, we'll be talking about uh, what it looks like going into mini camp for the Cowboys and some of these guys that we just put a, a pin in. And make sure to keep up with Pat uh, on Twitter at Voice of the Star. I know I will be refreshing Twitter around tw- uh, about one or so because I know you guys can't tweet during practice. Not but around, around one or so to get all the nuggets and your articles will probably drop. And then, like you said, next week we'll uh, review what you saw in your first two weeks at training camp and what you will have seen, I think, in minicamp. Because I think minicamp yeah, is going to yeah. be starting. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right yep. I think mini camp is going to be. Uh, they're not going to wait for Thursday for media availability. Right. We'll be in there midweek. Oh, so that's, that's by the time, we, yeah, by the time we talk, I will have seen at least one mini camp. Oh right? man, that, that that makes me happy, man. And that's why y'all got to tune in to the scientific Do method it. because Pat will give you nothing but. Do it, science. Come on, man. Science, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure your feelings log out of the chat when Steele and I get in this thing, man, we're talking football, real football street. We shoot straight, never to the left, never to the right. Keep the stream right down the middle. Indeed, brother. All right, brother. I get with you next week. Actually, I'll hit you up prior, prior to that, but we'll see yeah, you here no, next we week on the show. Yeah, we All could. Right, I'll talk to you, man. Love you, brother. Talk love to you later. Too, man. Peace. That is Patrick. No C Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Our weekly sit down. The scientific method. Or... We can go the remix. We can. <laughs> Will Sky and the Science Guy. All right, Cowboys Nation. Man, those things are good. Lots of lots of nuggets there, man. I, I will not ever take for granted having Pat be a part of A to Z in, in this capacity, man. We, we actually have an insider down there that can give us a lot of these little nuggets, these these nuances of things, the, the battles at the positions, the who's playing where, the the, the what's and the why's, and, and talking to the coaches, it's massive, man. And I think that's why you see the community kind of growing in regards to what we're doing as, as creators here. All right, let's take a quick little break. The phone lines are open. We'll get a couple calls in. Man, perfect time. We'll get about 20 minutes of calls in here. Uh, where is the call button? There we go. 351-999-3787 is a call-in line. You can call in and talk about uh, what we discussed with Pat. Uh, talk about maybe what you, you're looking for for OTAs today after they get out and uh, the reporters, the insiders would not get the tweeting. So uh, hit me up. Let's wrap a little bit. We got somebody on the line before we get to them. If you're going to have a scientific method, it's only right to talk about Boston Scientific. Yeah, that ain't. ED can affect your self-esteem and impact your most important relationships. And if you've tried pills or any other potential solution and it hasn't helped, there is hope, man. Boston Scientific got you covered. Take a free online assessment that you can share with your doctor. Click the ad in the description. There's a permanent satisfying solution to treat ED waiting for you. So visit edcure.org. Get the facts. Find a urologist in your area who can treat you or offer treatment options. That can work. Again, that's edcure.org. Brought to you by Boston Scientific. It ain't hard. But you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions and millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real.
But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Starting to notice, man. My guy, my guy, Matt. It's like clockwork, and it's pretty dope. Shout out to Matt. He dropped a super chat. Three. My bad. Super chat. It wasn't three. He dropped a $10 super chat supporting the scientific method and A to Z, of course. Hey, Matt. It's open for you, man. We're waiting for you. Come on in. The water's warm. Appreciate uh, Facebook over there. I see you, Mr. Montgomery. Thank you. Brother L just came through. Shout out to Brother L. All right, let's get to uh, Nacho, who's been on hold. Talk to Nacho for a little bit. It's been a couple days. What's good, Nacho? How you doing, man? Hey, my man. I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Been a while. By, by the way, real quick, Nacho. Uh, audio for me, Cowboys Nation. I know I had to adjust it. Am, am, I, am I good to go here? Continue, Nacho. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah, you know what? i tell you what. It's a, it's a blessing to hear uh, P- Patrick Walker, him and Katie Drummond do an excellent job. Oh, yeah. Job. I, you know, I listen to both of them as well. And I think it's great that you brought him in, you know, as an insider there. I mean, just as you alluded to, you know, just great nuggets, great information. Um, you know, it's really exciting. You know, I was thinking that the idea um, of our defense, you know, into 2023 with what we already have established and where this defense is going, along with those added pieces through the draft, has got me really excited. Uh, I think I want to say that playoff game against the 49ers up here in Santa Clara was by far, in, 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 my, in my opinion, probably one of the best defensive performances that I've seen our Dallas Cowboys um, have. And I'm going to go as far as he's probably back in the, in the nineties when we were winning championships. Let me stop you right um, there. Let me stop I, you right there, Nacho. I mean, you forget, what they, you forget what they did the week before. Oh, <laughs> against Tampa, right? They, they, Tampa, they right? shut them out. Oh, and got the interception yes. in the red zone. I would say that was more impressive, but but and it was against Tom Brady. But nonetheless, go ahead. The reason I say that, uh, uh, Skywalker, is because um, it was against a San Francisco team with their offense, which with, was I thought with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Go ahead. Right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, of you know, <laughs> Brock, Brock Purdy, Tom Brady. Go ahead. You know, right. right? But just the way we, you know, they're they're electrifying uh, playmakers, right? Um, and and us being able to really go in their their house and almost completely shut them down, I thought was was impressive. But uh, really uh, but uh, no, no, no. I, I think overall, you know, listening to uh, you know Olympia, uh, uh, the fullback and Vaughn and, and and these players coming in and these rookies and just the added pieces, um, uh, you know, I I I just can't not see how this football team cannot I think it just makes this football team overall a more complete football team if that makes any sense going forward pending on how these added pieces are going to really fit in to what we do um, I can see offensively that we may not be maybe as 
you know, as explosive, maybe offensively, maybe Look, not scoring as many. I thought that too, you know. I was thinking that a little bit like, hey, maybe maybe the offense would be a bit bogged down, but I don't know, mm-hmm. man. Maybe the more we're removed from, from last season and the more, you know, the draft has come, you traded for Cooks, they're adding some explosive dudes to this offense, and it it, it might not lose that much that much uh, explosiveness from, from a scoring standpoint, bro. It, it, they might still be a high-scoring team. It just looks different. I don't know, man. Well, let me tell you. Lastly, I'll tell you this. If it is that, and you're that optimistic as I am as well, then that then if that's going to be the case, if everybody stays healthy and, and, and we can really structure this offense to what McCarthy and, 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 and Shardy are talking about, and if we can yeah. really get it in the right age with listening to Dak as well and kind of talking about being on the same page, knowing where, what, and you know, not uh, doing. If that's the case, I think this. I, I think we have the making of a of a better football team with a with. A, it, it's it's time. It's time for this team, this organization, to go to the to go to the championship game with an opportunity to be an NFC representation in the Super Bowl. No hey, doubt, man. I, I got Vader on, so it, it's definitely time. It's time. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Appreciate the call, no, Nacho. Good stuff. Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's keep it moving, man. Let's get to salute. Let's get to nine one two. What's good, nine one two? Hey, what's going on? It's him. What's up, him? It's my first, my first time uh, calling you. Uh, I ain't talked to Vosh in a while. I know, I know he was on vacation. Um, we back, but we back. I hope y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope y'all having a good off season. Loving these OTAs. Um, just the thing I want to talk about. Uh, well, I want to talk about like two things, but. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think I think he's gonna have a good bounce back here. We just need to get him, you know, healthy. Um, if you look back when we had uh, Cooper and everything, I, I was worried we was gonna lose Gallup because before he started, you know, having all the little injury problems, he was the one making big plays on, you know, third down. He was a safety blanket for Dak Prescott. He was pretty clutch. Yeah, I talked about that yeah, the other day. Yeah. Uh, there was a point in time where Gallup, you could argue, was your most clutch receiver. Um, yeah, third, and, third and 14. Third and 14, him jumping up on the sideline, keeping us alive in games. Uh, it wasn't just one week. You know, I, I no. just look for him to have a good year. Um, this defense, this defense going to be on another level, man. I'm excited to watch it happen and unfold this year. Yeah, this, this uh, defense but, got a chance to be one of them ones. And, and we talked about this special. Um, last year. I thought in order to be that, they had to get a, a, a potentially dominant defensive tackle. Um, and they had to get a mm-hmm. guy who not only can help you with the run, but can also assist. He doesn't have to be the pass rusher, but assist in pass rushing. And Mozzie, I think, is the key to making this. Mozzie and Hankins, let me say that combined, are the key to making yeah. this defense one of them ones. Yeah. Well, when you have dogs around you and you have guys making plays, somebody got to pick up the slack. And when they do, yeah. the other team's got to pick up the slack. That's going to leave, you know, spots wide open for other guys to come in and make plays, you know, like Osa, um, oh, yeah. you know, just players like that. But but the main thing I wanted to touch on is I just love it when we get players that want to be here. It just it seems like they play harder. Like Micah Parsons, he wanted to be here. You got a dog. You know, Zeke, when he come into the league, he wanted to be here. Dem- and, you Overshot. know, for, he's a guy that wants to yeah, be uh, here. Over, 
Overshawn, yes, sir. And I know you've heard me talk about Overshawn. You know, I'm a Texas fan. I love the, you know, Overshawn. And uh, I, I think I think he might actually, you know, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to let him take, you know, a couple snaps. I know we got uh, Clark. Uh, what, and, uh, what's the kid? Tell my Clark. No, no, no. What's the kid's name that uh? Jabril uh, Cox. Damn. No, uh, cornerback. No, uh, corner. Slot corner, slot corner. Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis. Deron Bland. I know we got Deron Bland. He's yeah. a playmaker. Jordan Lewis. I know. I know he he's fighting to maintain his spot. But I'm gonna be honest with you. You could throw Demarvi and Oshawn in that. Oh, Oshawn. You, you could you could throw him in there. Hit. Easy. You could big throw fella. him in there. Easy big fella. I mean, he's got the speed. He's got the length. Hey, he he's a hitter, man. I just, no, he's a, he's a uh, what we call him. We called him during our rating of the draft a WMD, weapon of mass destruction. Uh, he's a hybrid player, yeah. and that's what I love about Dan when Quinn. He when, when he looks at a guy, he don't he. Well, you know when when Dan Quinn looks at a guy, it ain't just oh okay, this is a linebacker. He's like okay, let me see your your physical attributes, your traits. And I can throw you here. I can plug and play you here. I can throw you over here. I'm not saying he would be the best nickel corner. I'm just saying if if it comes down to it, you know, depth and all, you could throw him over there and he'll he'll do just fine. Well, look, you'd have to you'd you'd have to have a what's it called when when it's like level five or level one. You'd have to be in dire straits to throw him out there at corner, brother. You would. Um, I think I think yeah, Ron Bland and Jay Lou and if Kelvin Joseph yeah. kind of you know. Gets it together on yeah. the field. I think you're good there. I think you're good on the inside. Yeah, yeah. All, 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 all them boys playmakers. I just got beef with Kelvin, uh, Kelvin Joseph because, you know, I've heard. You know, he's made plays on special teams, but he's also given up big plays on special teams. Mm-hmm. Special teams wise, it, he, yeah, it, it leveled it leveled itself out. But at least yeah, at least he yeah. made the biggest play of his special teams career in the playoffs. So. Yeah, one of my big I will say my biggest concern this year is the offensive line. We need to make sure we got our five best guys out there and that's going to include Tyron Smith. If you put your best five, we just we need a backup plan that got to have something ready for when he does go down. It's not a question if, it's yeah. just when. But I want to get the most I can get out of him, but I want to look to the future that way we ain't in a hole and make sure we got chemistry and we got these guys set up for when and if something does happen. Yeah, and closing, but, I think the future for them to them is Tyler Smith and, and Matt Walesko, with Matt Walesko being the biggest question mark. If Matt Walesko, <clears throat> excuse me, if he can prove that he can be a valuable swing tackle, um, they'd be good to go for the next couple of years. Yeah. But I just love us seeing you you know, I just love seeing us get guys that wanna be here. Indeed. And you know, when you get somebody when you get somebody that wants to be there, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're already giving you your, you know, their all. But when they really want to be there, bro, it's just something special. It is something special, man. Thank, appreciate the call, and, man. What was that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can't yeah. can't wait. Yep. Appreciate the call, good brother. And don't don't hesitate to call back in. But um, yeah, good stuff. All right, thanks, guy. Yes, sir. Oh, we got through it. I almost had to hit him with the. It's been a while since I did that. Uh, let me lock these up. We got a couple more. And that was a good first call. I mean, I, I'm again, I'm noticing. I said this on Vach's show. A lot of first-time callers coming through. And they coming through with good etiquette. Now, I appreciate that. 
Now I want to have to be like, can you hear? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Good stuff. Uh, let's see. Tyrone playing 17 games. Jay Lombardi from your lips to the football God's ears. Please. My man on uh JP, we be watching the show. He 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 did a bet with me. Oh, JP, we're gonna do this bet, dog. Because it's a win-win for me. Because I don't give a damn about being right or wrong. He said, put my money where my mouth is. Tyron Smith is not going to miss more than two games this year. Ta-da. That's easy money. Bet it. Said, I bet a bean. He'll miss at least three. If he doesn't, that is great for the Cowboys. And somebody from the show that, that that's a fan of the show, they get a couple dollars. There you go, man. Doesn't do me no harm. But if he does, I ain't really gonna take your money, man. I probably give. I probably donated to to somebody else. Uh, but but the point I'm trying to make here is he's missed three or more games, seven consecutive seasons. Look, bro. I want to miss none. I I, I want you to be 100, 110 percent right. But as the more I do this, I tell y'all, there's a fan hat in me. There's the there's a diehard, biased. Uh, Homer fan that will man Tyra Smith playing 17 games. Then there's the reality. There's the there's the analyst. There's the reporters or whatever where it's like, hey, look, I'm not about to sit here and count on Tyra Smith playing 16, 17 games, 15 games. No, he hasn't done that since 2015. So I think it's smart to prepare for him not to be here. So so some people get mad when I when I bring up not if but when. I'm sorry. I collect data and I give my opinion based off of the data that I have here. That's kind of how I've always been. So, <laughs> I'm here if you're giving that beam. Oh, oh, so Marvin, you down too? Look, y'all don't want to do this. Oh, oh, you saying? Okay, I see what you're saying, Marvin. I see what you're saying. If, if, or when, my guy JP has to. Yeah, you know, I see what you're saying. I got you, Mar. Why y'all doing boss man like that in this chat? All right, let's get 808. Heartbreak in the building. What's good, 808? Hey, what's up, brother? Um, I called you about two days ago. I think it was like two or three days ago. It was my first time calling. What you call? I wanted to apologize, man. I was, I was going to be honest. I was a little nervous, so I didn't even notice I was being rude. I One, I didn't introduce myself. And two, I don't even know if I thanked you for letting me be on the show, so... Oh, no, my name's Seth from Hawaii. Hey, pre- appreciate you, man. It, it couldn't have been that bad because I don't remember you being being rude. So, uh, you know, it must have been a good first call, man. Yeah, no, I'm the dude that, uh, what you call, said that uh, Kellen Moore was immature in terms of being a coordinator. You were right. But yeah, no, I wanted to talk. <laughs> you I wanted right. to see your food for thought. I didn't really have, like, I'm not worried about this particular topic but going into OTAs minicamp and all this just wanted to get your thought okay one thing that I feel like we've been missing throughout the years and it goes back to one of my favorite years in terms of a running game is we used to have a, a running back in, in this committee his name was Lance Dunbar I was a big fan of of his role in our offense and stuff and I felt like Kellen Moore in terms of passing out of the backfield I felt like he never really had honestly a mediocre at best passing up out of our backfield do you think that like nice. with uh deuce Vaughn and stuff do you think we'll do like a one-two punch or is he going to be like a lance dunbar where it's going to be a lot more passing game with them 
Oh, I love the question. Love the recall to Lance Dunbar. My, my fondest memories of Lance. Uh, 2015 season, week one. I, I believe he had 10 receptions in that game. And he made one of the biggest plays in the final drive of that game, uh, getting Dallas in position for Tony to hit. I think it was Jason Witten. That was the year that I was big on Lance being that pass-catching guy. And you, you, you heard it in camp. You heard it in the reports. And then you saw it in week one. And given the situation, you know, I think Dez went down. So in week two, Lance, I think, started to get acclimated as well. But then he gets hurt. And, and that, that was always the thing. He was an itty-bitty guy. He was a bit, he was small. He wasn't really a, uh, he was an injury-prone type guy. He got hurt and never really recovered from that. Um, but anyway, that's, that's enough on Lance. I just enjoyed him for the, like that season and a half where he was kind of getting involved a little bit. Even when he was the third back behind uh, DeMarco Murray, Rand, uh, Joseph Randall, and then it was Lance, he did some good things to you out the backfield. Now, enough of Lance. Do I think they'll pass more to their running backs and have a game plan for it? Absolutely. Look, we're going to do West Coast things. How much of it, we'll see. But there's no way in hell that a guy like Mike McCarthy is going to change his stripes at this stage in his career. He might tweak them. He might paint a little bit over them, but he ain't changing them. Uh, and, and one of the staples in the West Coast is using the passing game in regards to your running backs as an extension of your running game. So I think there will be a plan for those guys. And I think between Tony Pollard and between Deuce Vaughn, you've got two exceptional guys to catch the rock at the backfield. And I 100, 1,000, 1 million percent agree with you for whatever reason, Kellen Moore seemed to ignore that aspect. Kellen Moore was more enamored with getting the wide receivers involved. And, and that's, look, that's fine and dandy. But he ignored the extreme advantage he had as with Tony Pollard doing wide receiver things or catching out the backfield against linebackers or safeties as a mismatch, mismatch guy. And I don't think that uh, McCarthy is going to let that go by the wayside. So I 100% believe, you know, between TP and... Whoever, if they get another back, but TP and Deuce Vaughn, you'll see them. You'll see them be used in the passing game for sure. Hey, that's what I'd love to hear. And then the second uh, topic, it's, it relates to the same topic and stuff. I don't believe this, and I'm not really worried about it. But throughout that year, Joseph Randall, the second guy in line, even though Demarco Murray was the workhorse, Joseph Randall, the immediate offseason that Demarco Murray was let go, he felt like he'd done enough to earn a shot at the number one role which I'm not saying he's as good as Tony Pollard, but not is close. there any worry or any scenario you think that Tony Pollard might not be able to step up to the plate? No, he's he's significantly better than Joe. Uh, Joe was had mental – I don't want to say mental. I shouldn't use that term. He, from a mental standpoint, oh, no, yeah. he, he was going through some he's things. <laughs> but but I, I see where the he correlation – yeah, I see where the correlation – plus, plus, you know, TP and Zeke were, were, were partners. Like they, was, they, was, they was partners. Whereas Joe, if you remember the famous saying, yeah, you know, I'm not going to leave a bunch of meat on a bone. Because we're talking about DeMarco Murray sometimes, which is wild. He had rushed for 1,800 yards. But sometimes he would, you know, not make the right cut or whatever. And Joseph Randall came out and was like, I ain't going to leave a bunch of meat on a bone. And to his defense, he wasn't bad. Like, Joseph Randall was not. If you go look at Joe Randall's, like, first four games or whatever until they cut him or whatever it was, he was actually pretty solid. He just was a head case, man. He wasn't coachable. He wasn't listening. And then I think it was uh, DeMarco, not DeMarco, DMC, who took over and ran for 1,000 yards after that. But I don't see this being a Joseph Randall situation because, one, Tony Pollard's a better player. 
Uh, he's a coachable player, and uh, he's just he's just a more diverse weapon. And I appreciate it, man. Which call? I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'll let you get to your other callers, man. Hey, God bless you, and you have a good day. Thank you, good brother. Man, fantastic stuff right there. I I, I love the recall to to Lance Dunbar, man. Lance Dunbar uh, was a. I thought he, if Lance Dunbar played now, I think he would be Jarek McKinnon. I think he'd be a guy that goes around the league, kind of has that uh, Jarek McKinnon type type of back. Just can't stay healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. If I'm not mistaken, Texas folk, wasn't he a UT guy? You not UT. I'm sorry, UNT University of North Texas. UNT for, for my Texas folk. But uh, man, really, really good recall and and comparison right can 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 we get a lance dunbar type situation with deuce or, or tp well more so deuce and is there worries that tp could be the joe randall i don't think so um and even then joe was not a liability he was you know joe was joe was a fine running back good enough running back joe was a head case he wanted to steal draws in cologne you know he wanted to not listen to Jason Garrett. JG says, stop jumping on that goal line. Joe said, no. Jumping out the window. Like Joe wasn't listening. So, you know, and add a little bit more insight to it. Uh, I was, that's so crazy. I was talking to Jay Tuck about it. Cause Jay Tuck is from uh, the same, I believe the same area that Joe Randall's from. And he knows his people. And he was like, yeah, he was a little bit of a, you know, an issue coming up. So, and it manifests that in, in the NFL. North Texas. No, it was North Texas. For Lance Dunbar. All right, last call of the day. We'll get back into the chat. 469. What's on your mind? Hello. Yes, sir. You live. It's Tyrone Milton from the chat from yesterday. Look, look. Ty, look yeah, Tyrone, I gotta... Tyrone said, I, I called you for the first time yesterday, but I'm good now. I ain't no guest no more. I'm coming yeah, in. I'm drinking I, the Kool Aid from the refrigerator. What's good, Tyrone? Right. <laughs> I had, I had a good time yesterday. So I had yes, to call sir. back in again. Same, same thing you just said. If you hear any traffic in the back, I apologize. So I'm going to start this about right here. I'm going to have a third question. Mm-hmm. With Marcus Lawrence, he's my favorite player on the Cowboys, by the way. If you know how his crib is going to be over these last 10 years, will you have pushed him inside to throw a three technique? No. No, because that would have required him to put on – he came in, remember – Tyrone, he came in at like 251, 252, somewhere around okay. there. That would have required mm-hmm. him to put on a good 40 pounds. And that's mm-hmm. that's a lot, man. And um, you know, he he was fantastic as a pass rusher his first, what, four or five seasons. And then you saw mm-hmm. him kind of bulk up a bit and, and say, I gotta be just as good as a run defender. And you saw his pass rushing, you know, production take a hit. But I think he's developing to a, a, a balanced left defensive end um that that I'm, I'm okay keeping him out there but i get what you're saying because he did develop into a dominant run stopper so why not slide him in oh and, yeah and, most yeah. definitely that's why i love him so much because i have the old school mindset even though i'm 30 years old i had that my old school mindset and i love the end that plays a run like he played especially that well that detroit last year he went man people detroit at one time houston who does something like that man yeah yeah he he's he's got a Dare I say, is he is he turned into now because no one's crying about his money anymore because he took a home team discount? Dare I say, underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Went from yeah, I, what I, I, most I, I, people call it overrated because of the money to mm-hmm. now the money's not an issue. Mm-hmm. I'd argue, man, he's one of your more underrated 
uh, players on defense. And I know a lot of people want to kick everybody off the bridge, but you, you're going to need these type of guys to go through a 17-game, hopefully 20-game exactly. season. So, yeah, I'm not trying to get rid of no no D-Law anytime soon. Now, if he if he's going next year because of contract, you know, running out mm-hmm. or whatever, fine. But, no, nah, D-Law, is a, he's a staple piece of this defense. Exactly. And that kind of leads into where I'm about to go into next because the conversation is what we're looking forward to in the training camp. What I'm looking forward to right now is that who's opposite of Michael Parsons. I love Sam. Um, I think he's a tough-nosed player. I, I see him beating out uh, um, Armstrong this upcoming season for the um, who else coming off the bench behind him and uh, D-Law. But I've I seen something last year with Sam. He has a motor. He's strong as can yes. be. You know that. He's strong as can be. But I don't like his handwork. I don't like his handwork. And I'm scared that if he don't learn his handwork, they'll end up pushing this side as well. Nah, nah, can't, nah. can't just have somebody, can't so, have somebody just doing speed to power the whole time, just running down, running straight down the man. Well, we we got we got to understand right that that Sam is a rookie. Number one, um, he, mm-hmm. he's a rookie that was playing out of position in college, you know, doing okay. a lot of a lot okay. of interior things, and he wasn't coached up as a pass rusher like that. He was kind of beating guys with his mm-hmm. his athleticism, but now he's in the pros, right? Um, and, and now he's going to be coached up by A.D. and Dan Quinn. And he's going to work on those things. So, yes, you want to see him refine his technique from, from a hand, you know, hand standpoint. And, and I believe as long as he has the work ethic to, to continue to do that, he'll find that. He'll mm-hmm. find a comfort zone in that. But he doesn't have to be rushed to that because we got, a, we got ridiculous depth at defensive end. Um, but, gotcha. but I'm with you, though, in the sense of I think he can push Dorrance Armstrong. It's just going to be about yeah. can, can he equal Dorrance's mental – part of the game because Dorrance has been around for a while. Mm. Dorrance understands how to, we talk about this a lot, Tyrone, like you could be in college mm-hmm. and you could be a run stopper because you bigger and better than everybody. But the how to yep. in the league is totally different. You could be a, a big, bad pass rusher in college, but the how to in the yep. league is different. And Dorrance just knows the how to to stick around and be productive enough. But if Sam figures out the how to, the traits are there. You know, the, the ceiling yeah. is sky oh, high, Oh, most man. definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Hey, Kevin Joseph, you listen to this show, you better be listening. Yeah. Hey, Sam Sam Williams, he's facing the burst. Look what he's doing now. He's not letting him bogging him down in life. So that, my next thing is going to be, uh, I'm going to be looking at the linebackers. I don't know if you noticed last year with the linebackers, everybody kept asking, why is we're not getting no help over top of Anthony Brown? Why are we not getting help over top of quarterback two? I don't know if y'all noticed, but I think we're getting murdered with cross routes in streets. So they're bringing down Donald Wilson to stop the cross route, but they're bringing back the um, wide receiver X, and the wide receiver X, the slot wide receiver. They bring him backside to run behind the uh, um, Lady Vanderet. So they had um, they had Hooker cheating them to a strong side with uh, with Diggs, even though we had we had a whole quarterback two problem. So I think we should be looking more as a are we gonna have is Clark gonna be better in coverage? Is the gentleman brought in Overshawn to be better in coverage? We need a better coverage linebacker. They put they put us in a big hole last year. That's an interesting a bad big hole last year. That's an interesting observation because I I can hear I, I, I can hear you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's cool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm cutting it down now. Go ahead. Appreciate it. Uh, what's mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of want a little bit on the other side there, where I think that LVE was tremendous in coverage, uh, especially in zone. Okay. And mm-hmm. I think the the problem last year wasn't really getting nickel and dime. Like the Cowboys handled the nickel and dime fine for the most part. I think it was the the big plays when the cornerback two went down. 
they were just giving up way too many big plays. Um, you know, crossing routes is going to be tough. That's why guys like Jordan Lewis um, and, and Deron Bland, these kind of quick guys, and now they're, they're looking to see if Kelvin Joseph can 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 handle those type of things. Uh, but not gotcha. not helping the cornerback too last year was so baffling. And you know me, I'm equal op- equal opportunist when it comes to calling somebody out. And I I said, hey, look, Dan Quinn, what's what's going on, bro? <laughs> why yeah. why are we yeah, not helping him out? Yes, sir. Like I said, I don't have the all twenty two film like y'all do, but just if you ever had a chance, just take a double look at I know I wasn't mistaken that Dom Whistle's coming down a lot of time to have up the cross around and they're bringing in another wide receiver and backside tight end to run a fade or either just a, a post route to get skinny and stay in the middle of the field. And they kept uh and Layden Banner stayed in inside the catch the running back to where it's uh, flooding out. So that's why they kept hookers playing we were playing a cover three and we were playing what the uh, overtop one, cover one. And they kept him in the middle of the field. He wasn't able to get to the other side of the field due to him trying to carry, yeah. trying to cover everybody inside the middle. Well, well, Quinn, so I'm like, that's why we need some better cover, uh, cover linebackers. Well, Quinn ran a lot of a man. He ran more man than, than most teams, I think more than any team, in, our, in all honesty. And he kind of won against the grain. The league is going towards more too high because uh, there's mm-hmm. a great thread on Twitter too, man. Boy, I should find this for the mm-hmm. world. Um, talking about, and eventually circle back to the Cowboys, but talking about how teams, and I think it was Tyran Matthew who said it, an actual safety. Okay. Tyran said, um, mm-hmm. he said, you know, these players nowadays are just too fast, too quick, too good. Talking about the receivers to continue mm-hmm. to play single high all game and, and, and man up on mm-hmm. the outside with these corners because you're going to get beat schematically or you're going to just get beat flat out by these guys from time to time. So you're seeing teams mm-hmm. play the shell more often. And then the great teams can play the shell and still stop the run, which is why where this conversation went was why you're starting to see guys like Amazie Smith and these run-stuffing defensive tackles, they'll va- their value raise a little bit, and why you're seeing the running game come back more because teams are playing too high, mm-hmm. uh, where Dan Quinn mm-hmm. went totally against the grain. Dan Quinn didn't follow that mantra. He, he was more so, we're going to play single high, we're going to do what we do, man man up. Mm-hmm. And it just he just never helped exactly. him. So. I don't, I'd have to go back and watch. I have to go back and watch some of these okay. games. Uh, but from off the top of my head, I, I I can't quite remember being upset with getting nickel and dime except for against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I, I was pissed off in that game. Um, that gotcha. that, that yes, game, sir. they were nickel and diming us. They were picking us, like literally, quite literally picking Trayvon Diggs. And they had mm-hmm. uh, Jay Lou. He was playing on a bad leg. They put him in the blender. A.B. was getting put in the blender. But aside from that, yeah. Um, you know, it, I felt like they handled that well. It was the big plays that I had an issue with, Tyrone. Gotcha. The same thing, Jesse. I'm going to close the call out with this. Uh, same question for you in the same chat. What's one season that y'all seen from a player that's left y'all in awe, either offense or defense, in the NFL? Mine had probably the I think that was 2016 or 2015 when J.J. Watt had 20 and a half sacks and three touchdowns receiving at the tight end and still didn't win MVP. Then I'm uh, the Damian Thompson, 31 touchdowns. I'll play Matt. And Let I me... still can't give him a goddamn 31 <laughs> touchdowns. Well, shoot. Uh, didn't, didn't, I think Emmett had, had the record prior to that. It was high 20s. That's pretty impressive. But back then, you're getting the, you're getting the ball so much. Mines would be exactly. the same player in different years. Randy okay. Moss. Randy Moss mm. as a rookie. When, when he came on the scene and did what he did, with 17 touchdowns and just shattered every single damn record and, and pretty much exactly. you know revived Cunningham's career was unreal, yeah. right? And then yeah. when he was supposedly washed, 
his first year with the Patriots, 23 receiving touchdowns. Tyrone, that's craziness. That's crazy. That don't even make that's sense. That's crazy. So it'll be Randy Moss for that's me. Crazy. Those were the seasons, especially that 23 touchdown season where I was like, bro, there was one game I think against the Bills. He had four touchdowns in the first half. I'm like, this is yeah. this is cheating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to close it out by saying just let um, AI, you know, I got two coupons to Red Lobster. All right, <laughs> see you later, bro. Hey, yo, does Aisha know? I don't think Aisha know she got a fan fan. Shout out to Tyrone Belt, man. Man, first time college, y'all, y'all. Fantastic. And then, you know what I like about Tyrone? When he when he dip out, he give you, hey, what's the best season you ever saw in the history of your life? Well, I didn't start. I need to start writing stuff down. I know Tyrone going to come in here with some historical question. I got to be ready. I was ready today. I got you, bro. I, I got uh, Randy Moss. But if y'all heard that question, he said, what was one of the one season that made you go, yo, that was the craziest season I ever saw? <laughs> On his bro, man. Oh, she's doing the girls talk, boys talk. Okay. Let me see if y'all got any, any, uh, before Vic said, McCaffrey and Mike Thomas had insane years and won me a fantasy championship. Was that the McCaffrey 100, 100 year? I don't even think that was the best 100, 100 year. Um, I want to say Marshall did it. Did Mark? Like Marshall Falk did that. I could be wrong. One of the greatest seasons y'all ever saw, whether offense or defense. Troy Palomalu in 2010. Nick said Dak's rookie year. Yeah, that was, you didn't really see a a line like that. When I say a line, I mean, you know, 13 and 3, 27 or 8 touchdowns. No, yeah. 29. 29 and 28 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. That was a that was a crazy rookie line, yeah. Adrian Peterson, 2012. Yes. Yes. Tearing his ACL and then he should have broke that record, but came like 30 yards shy of breaking the record. That's that's another one that make you go, yo. One of the craziest seasons I've ever seen. D shift top five running backs right now. Oh, D shift. You know me and running backs, man. I, these these things. I think the running back, that question, the top five or the, the elite level, I think it might even be going down. Uh, I used to say, I think the, the top running backs, the elite running backs, they'll give you about a three to five year run. Heavy on the three, four. I think that might be getting cut down now. I think you might be looking at like two. And one, if you do get three, four, five, maybe you start talking about Hall of Fame. But I, I mean, is there, I guess you put McCaffrey, some would argue TP. Derrick Henry ain't done yet. Uh, I, I just don't think there's really much of a, a difference in the league anymore. I think all these guys, it all depends on where you go. I mean, I, I'll look at Damian Pearson. He might not be a top five back, but he, he he might be top five favorite backs for me. Love watching that man play. I feel like he can go anywhere and be a beast. But... I don't, I don't know that, that, you know, that list to me, I think it could change literally in three months, you know, four months or what have you.
Now, Demandre Stevens Stevens is a guy that we had. Well, I had brought up on Twitter when I was trying to make my point. I was being petty, but I was bringing up a bunch of dudes who were drafted, uh, you know, later in and before the draft, and and a bunch of guys who weren't getting paid a lot of money, and was like, "Look, man, you you don't have to be Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott to be successful in this league and to help your team be successful in this league." And I use Stevenson, I use the cat from Atlanta, I use. Isaiah Pacheco, Tony Pollard, you know, guys drafted not in round one and guys not being paid a ton of money. Man, if Brees Hall didn't go down, he might have something to say about it. A player. Oh, this is fun. We ended the show, by the way. If you're here for more Cowboys talk, we kind of we kind of on overtime. AJ, good question here. A player you absolutely couldn't stand in the NFC East. Mines was linebacker Pierce from the Giants. Every time we played him, he talked so much ish. I wanted to break his kneecaps. So uh, if y'all don't know, I absolutely hate the Eagles. Like I have to actually keep that calm on air because I go into different type type of craziness when it comes to them. Growing up close to Philly, all those Philly fans up there hate them, hate them. Hate him. And this is going to sound extremely contradicting because I, I love the position safety. I, I love the actual player when he ain't playing us. But I hated Brian Dawkins, man. Like, I couldn't stand playing against Brian Dawkins. And here's why. He was so good and he talked so much shit and he backed up his shit talking. Where Pierce, like, Pierce was like a gnat. Like, man, you have a couple good, yeah, whatever, man. But Brian Dawkins was real. Real ass annoying. I hated him, man. But I hated him because he was so good. And he was so good at, at talking shit. So it would be B-Doc for me. Man, I, bro, I, what's guy? Why didn't you go to a Philly? Why didn't you go to a Philly game? I, I can't do it. I cannot do it, man. Like. Y'all don't, if anybody was around when we did the, uh, the live streams during the games, you saw a little bit of how I am during the games, but even then I couldn't be the full me, but during the games, I'm, I'm not, this ain't no professional, ain't none of that. <laughs> it goes out. I'm not Skywalker still when I'm watching these games, I'm well, I'm not trying to be professional and so you know what I mean no I'm I'm I say I do and all that stuff in Philly it will work it will work man too damn crazy uh Nikki said I tried to do the live streams but the lag messes me up yeah I don't do the live streams no more that was a one and done for me I, I got tired of that I got tired of it in the middle I'm like bro I can't I cannot react like I want I mean I can but that ain't, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't, I'm not trying to do that. There's people, there's kids watching things like that. I'm not trying to do that. And if I did, like, this is what I say if you do watch the game with me. Don't hold me accountable for what I'm saying in the moment. Because how many of y'all do this, right? It'd be your favorite player. Gotta make sure I get my sensor button here. They mess up. They throw an interception or they fumble or they miss a tackle or they drop a pick or whatever. And you, and you say something along these lines. Man, you bum ass. And you just say it. 
you know it, it just come out you mad it is what it is you ain't really a bum but i can't stand this you can stand him but at that point in time you can't stand him and that's being that's being polite man like yeah you know we all do that oh d shift bro i'll be i'll be coming at his top you know but you know eventually you got to calm down take the emotions and then you got to come on camera that's why when jesse be like y'all don't understand the the switch that happens especially after after a bad game man it take a lot for me to come in front of this damn camera and be calm and actually and talk now i'm learning you know i'm still new into the into this this industry but i, I can't hide my fandom like I, I that's what i told a to z i am a fan you would not remove that from me but I will, I will learn to be a professional because this is now my profession, if that makes sense. Facts, AJ. I had to do the same thing. AJ said, bro, I had to stop that around my son. Straight up. Like, there was a point in time when my buck was like two or three. I'd watch preseason games with him. I'd be like, hey, hey Michelle, you, know, you got to get MJ. <laughs> you got to get MJ because... I ain't figured that out yet. I ain't figured, but but you know, as you get older, you learn. Now you know, you know, watch watch what you say around your bucks because they pick it up for sure. You know what I mean, Marquise? Bro, I can't go to no Philly game. I got an OG back home that goes to the game strapped. Okoye Media know what I'm talking about. Anybody living in Philly know what I'm talking about. It's it's different down there. I've been to tons of the Washington game. Washington understand they trash. They fans be booing their team. Philly, even if they trash, they kids is throwing trash at you. Ah, punt one. I mean, I won't do that. Don't hold me accountable. See, when I get to talking about Philly, don't hold me accountable. All right, let's get the super chats. I think we read most of them earlier. I'm lying. No, we didn't. Brother L dropped a couple. Appreciate you, Brother L. Super chat. The name change is fantastic, by the way. Uh, he said, just shouting out Pat No C. Hashtag the conversation podcast. Please, please, please support the conversation podcast, man. And then he dropped another one that said, we need a Sky's top five show slash segment for Fridays. What do you mean by that? Elaborate, brother L. Top five show slash segment for Fridays. Elaborate, because you know I'm all about ideas. Hell, at one point I was, you know, the more, the more this thing grows, the more you you have the ability to hire people. I'm mean, I'm kind of low key looking for for a certain shit too, but I'm looking. I'm actually like filtering out. But uh, I was low key looking for like a executive producer type to to bounce ideas off of. I hated Santana Moss. Yeah, Moss was... Oh, D-Jack was annoying too, Vic. Couldn't stand D-Jack. Santana Moss. The famous game, Monday Night Football. This is when I was falling asleep sometimes because it'd be up so... It'd be on so late. I went to sleep. What were we up? Like two, two scores or something like that? Mark Brunel was the quarterback. I woke up and the Cowboys lost because Santana Moss. Bink, bink. Game over. Game over. 
Fresh said Philly used to Fresh King said Philly used to be so humble. Philly about to be so humble this season as they struggles to the bum teams while winning last year won't have the same outcome. You know what sucks? I'll be wanting to talk like that. Like, man, y'all, y'all beat Josh Johnson and Daniel Jones, right? But but I can't. Because I know if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't give a damn who we beat. So I can't fake the funk. But they they definitely had they 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 had it easy. We got it easy. Hey man, this was fun on the way out. Appreciate you, uh, Tyrone. You kind of you kind of ignited this whole thing at the end, man. You kind of ignited that. Good stuff today. If y'all appreciated the show, do me a solid. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, every Thursday, 9 a.m. Central, we will get the Cowboys insider, Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com coming on to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Now, again, let me update y'all on that. Every Thursday live between now and the start of the season. Once the season starts, these things will be recorded. But nonetheless, man, I can't express how massive this is to have Pat joining us to do this. Big. It's huge. So if you enjoyed it, as always, hit that like button and sub if you want to be a part of the bomb squad, man. Uh, Later today, Mo will be on for A to Z Sports Primetime. And we are back again for the Vox Lombardi Live show, final show of the week. So jam-packed day. And of course, you got all your other fantastic content creators and writers that will continue to pump out uh, content for you throughout the week, man. <laughs> Professor Rose, that's funny. You make me earn it. Hey, look, dog, I got I got to earn it. I said this yesterday when we were talking about, you know, just the, our stories and our, our grind and our road to be here i don't i didn't make nothing you know i still operate to earn it right i still do everything wake up every day with something to prove and and, and i work that way which is why my ass be up at five something in the morning trying to make sure i put together a quality show and then going to do vodka show and then put together another show so you know i feel you bro make me earn this thing hold me accountable I ain't mad at it. With that said, let me hit this button and get up out of here. INC, yeah, man. I remember the Rocket Ishmael. At the old... Is it FedEx at the time? Or JFK? It's FedEx now. It was JFK at that time. Troy Aitman. Call in AJ, man. Let's, let's, let's chat, bro. We out of here. Love you. How about that? No camera malfunctions today. I don't know what the hell happened the other day. Hey, I'm rooting for the heat, dog. Not because the Nuggets beat us. But the Heat are basically the 2011 Mavericks, right? One superstar and a bunch of role players. Might even be worse than that. The den, look, hey Lee, you, the den went crazy. You know exactly how it was. Lee used to have to quite literally grab me up like, yo, Will, relax. Ain't no relax. Motherfucker better win.